Hi there, and welcome to the podcast, Lifting the Veil. I'm your host, Noelle Cellini. In this episode, I'm joined by Mika Jacobs, who is Chicago's EMF expert. Now, I say Chicago because she does mention that Chicago is wired differently than other cities. Of course, this doesn't mean that her tips are still not applicable to you wherever you live, whether that's Australia, to New Zealand, Germany, to California. They are still very helpful tips and things we all need to know about EMFs. Which remember, we're not going to bring EMFs completely down to zero. But EMFs and the type of EMFs have grown and have increased over the years. And this is the thing we want to bring attention to and how to, again, reduce those levels and reduce our exposure. Which, interesting enough, of course, this episode ties back to something I talk about often and something we all know to be true, which is it's all about getting back to nature, to mother nature. It's about getting back to how things were done, you know, 15 years ago, meaning we didn't have Wi-Fi then. If we used the internet, everything was grounded and it was Ethernet. I make a comment in there that in the episode that when I first heard about castor oil packs, the woman said, you know, just use a hot water bottle versus a heating pad. So you, she didn't say EMFs at the time, but so you don't have as much electricity. It's about using those simple things like a hot water bottle versus the heating pad. It's about, we used to go on walks or hikes and we didn't have fitness trackers around our wrists or go to sleep with these iPhone watches or again, fitness trackers. We didn't have, you know, cell phones. It's about leaving them maybe at home or in the car when you go camping or go outside or go to a soccer game. It's about getting back to nature. She is the true pace of life, the beauty, the flow that we all need more of. Um, She is that water, and I'm going to talk about that, whereas masculine and no offense, of course, to the divine masculine, we need both in balance, is fire. Now, what I want to talk about briefly is that I think it's super interesting that Mika and I met at a raw food event. Now, raw food means anything that's not cooked or heated over 118 degrees. And I may have shared this story before, but my naturopath, when she was first diagnosed with fibromyalgia, she was presented with the option of, or the solution of managing her symptoms with drugs. And she said, "Mm, no, that doesn't land for me. It was then her mother who said, hey, how about you work with this naturopath? And through doing that and through cleansing, as we know, colon, kidney, liver parasites, heavy metals, that is what helped her become a naturopath. So in the beginning, aside from cleansing, one of the things she needed to do, of course, was reduce inflammation. So an easy thing to check off an inflammatory item on the list was eat raw. How so? Because, as I said, foods that are cooked over 118 degrees, heated over 118 degrees, when we cook things, not only do they become more acidic, but the markers that say, hey, 
I'm a tomato, or hey, 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 I'm a zucchini, are removed. That means when we ingest them, the body doesn't know what they are because those markers are gone and it sees it as an invader. Hence, it goes into that fight or flight attack inflammation mode. Versus eating raw is very powerful because again, by doing that, by eating 100% raw at that point in her life, the body knew what she was eating, what those items were. And so she got to, again, reduce one of the lists of inflammation, one of the items of inflammation on that list. Of course, we can all make a quick list. We know that dairy's going to land towards the top of the list of things that are inflammatory. Pork, of course, is way at the top of the list, more so than dairy. We know other things usually like gluten fall on the list. Alcohol, remember, alcohol is silent inflammation. It eats away at the one-inch cell wall lining of the gut. As I've brought up before, what are digestion issues? Inflammation of the gut. Diabetes. Inflammation of the kidneys. Chronic headaches. Migraines. Inflammation of the brain. We think of toxic thoughts, toxic friends, toxic products, laundry detergent, shampoo, deodorant. We don't need more inflammation. We don't need more of that fire energy. Again, no disrespect to the divine masculine, but what is it? It's fire. It's the logical analytical mind. Where's the divine feminine? And remember, a relationship with nature is our relationship with the feminine. Do people eek and freak out over a bug and squash it? Or do they, do they view it with respect and awe and beauty and wonderment? So the divine feminine is water. Instead of the logical, analytical thinking mind, it's feeling and intuition. It's an inner knowing. Remember, and the divine masculine is an outward expression. It's the external part of the body. It's structure, thought, and form. Whereas the feminine is, you know, cyclical and chaotic and creativity. We do not need to add another thing to that list of inflammation. And that's what EMFs are these high, high levels and new types of EMFs are adding. That's why I say, I'm not here for Burning Man. I'm here for Wet Woman. So with that being said, and no pun intended, let's dive into it with Mika. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm super excited because like I said, uh, this is a topic that I may know a little bit more than, so to speak, the average person, but I'm definitely not the expert. So before we get into your background and how you got started and the products you recommend and the products you do not recommend, let's start off by talking about what simply are EMFs? What does that stand for? What are they? <laughs> So EMF stands for electromagnetic fields. And there isn't just like one EMF. Like I know some people will say, oh, I've got an EMF or something. There's actually a couple different types. And so I'll just briefly mention the four different types that are commonly found in residential homes. Um, mm -hmm. There's 
magnetic fields, electric fields, radio frequency, and dirty electricity. And so the first two we've had for you know more than 100 years, ever since we've had electricity, but it's really the last two that have been increasing exponentially in recent decades and particularly strongest in the past few years. Um, and so for basically, um, yeah, so basically the um, magnetic fields are ones that are most commonly found from power lines. And, um, and also there are uh, present with point sources. And so anything where you have like a refrigerator or something where there's like a motor, those are the basically the two most common sources of magnetic fields. And then electric fields are most common from either older home wiring, like if your home was built before um, say the mid 60s, or if you actually live outside of the Chicago area, there's a whole different type of wiring in the rest of the country that produces electric fields. And then electric fields are also found um, coming off of overhead power lines, um, but not buried power lines, whereas magnetic fields come from all power lines, whether they are overhead or buried. And then in terms of the other two, the radio frequency, is basically everything that's wired or wireless. And so um, that includes a cell phone, cell phone towers, um, cordless phones, airport radar, anything that is communicating. Yeah, and so dirty electricity comes from anything that is energy efficient. Um, and so that would include energy efficient lighting, energy efficient appliances, uh, solar panels, which is a, a big new source that we have here in the environment. And then anything coming from electronic equipment or things that are charging. So like, you know, chart all the stuff where you're charging your computer, charging your phone, anything like that. Those are the main sources of dirty electricity. And so in terms of there being a, a lot of different types of EMFs, there are also different levels of each type and then different met mitigation methods for each. Interesting. So already this is a huge, like I've learned so much already. And what does it say? We've been recording for four about almost five minutes and the sense that this is why like companies like a sauna company can show you know saunas are we can even get into that now or later mm -hmm. but where saunas are really high in emfs like i think a lot of people think okay i'm, I'm sweating out toxins this is uh you know a detox pathway this is great but there's kind of like sitting in a microwave yet there's you know, very few sauna companies know. And the one that I've liked and followed, I don't think makes your list. You have one. I know you recommend yeah. they show that they don't, they kind of have a Faraday, you know, kind of tent around it and they bring in a meter and they show that it's pretty much at zero when you're sitting in their sauna. So as I was saying, even just in this first five minutes, learning that you can't just hold up one meter and show, look, this red light or this sauna or this, whatever grounding mat or pendant or xyz block or stops not blocks but but is zero emf where you're telling us that there are at least four types and so it can't just be by one meter and so if you were to come out to somebody's home whether it's a high rise or 
a physical home, you know, with a yard that you would bring, I assume, lots of different meters with you, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely have like a whole bunch of different meters. <laughs> you know, I've got about 20 different ones. And so I've got a couple for each of the different types of EMFs. And I'm checking a couple other things as well. Like I can also check flicker and different issues with lighting. I can check for currents, different places. I also look at the electrical system of the home. Um, and so, yeah, you definitely need a lot of different tools in your tool belt. Like I know some people, they might have already had somebody... <laughs> They might have already had somebody test their home and they the person only showed up with two meters, you know, and so a lot of my clients are, you know, very much, um, you know, advanced on this topic. And so they themselves might already have one or two meters. And so, you know, then they are hiring me because they know I've got, you know, 20 different meters and I can really like figure out beyond, you know, the basics of say, okay, we should, you know, shut the Wi-Fi off or that sort of thing. Right. So now just to back up a little bit. How did you get into this? How did you, what, what led you down this path? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I um, was always my whole life very interested in health and what it was that um, caused illness and what it was that led to health, ironically. And, um, and I was also very much into nutrition and I was a top athlete in high school. Um, but actually by the age of 19, I started having a lot of health problems. I was no longer able to work out. And eventually, I mean, well, I did, finish school with some time off, then my health just continued going downhill um, during my 20s. And, um, and I was, you know, looking for answers. And initially, I had been pre med. Um, and then it was clear I wasn't going to have the physical stamina to do medical school. And along the way, I, like I said, I was always very interested in nutrition. So I thought, well, maybe I will, you know, become a nutritionist. But there was this little voice in the back of my head that said, you know, you're eating so well, and you're doing so much for your health. Um, and as you know, you and I had met at a raw foods event, you know, um, and I, but I kept thinking to myself and here's these other people like drinking and smoking and, and they're so much, you know, in so much better health than, than you are, you know? And, um, and I knew that like maybe a little bit, like 5% of your health is determined by genes, but you know, that I knew that wasn't, that wasn't it. And so, um, and so I was just always searching for, you know, what it was that I could do to, you know, improve my health. And so at some point I was having ear ringing. This might've been about 10 years ago. So I started in again, Googling, cause I had kind of given up on that, you know, cause when you're, when you're looking for stuff about health, you'll find like all the mainstream stuff like Harvard and Johns Hopkins says this, and then you'll find just people trying to sell you crap. You know, it's really hard to really get into the, the real truth of things. And so I think at some point I, um, you know, was having this ear ringing and started Googling. And then eventually I hit upon EMFs. And I had heard about it different times over the years. Like I sort of vaguely knew, of course, you know, that a cell phone isn't that good, you know, and I think I had even bought the tube headsets. Um, but I, you know, it just had floated out of my mind. So at this point, I really knew I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. And I went through and figured out like all the different places I lived. And it really explained a lot how some places, um, you know, my health had gone downhill and in some places it improved and it really correlated with, you know, the symptoms. I was able to kind of piece together a whole history of my health also correlating with the different places I lived. And so my childhood home, I had had decent health and then I had improved my health when I returned back home.
And so then I had improved my health when I returned back home. Right. Um, then after we, um, my parents had sold my childhood home, we moved into a series of rentals and I just went downhill with different symptoms, but it went downhill overnight. And so, um, so I had been, you know, look searching for a few years at that point. And, you know, that really was what led me, you know, to it. So, yeah. Well, and I want to, uh, just back up a tiny bit in the sense that when you and I were chatting about doing this uh, this episode, you had made a comment about how finally when you found your way to something, whether it was an article or whatever it was about EMFs, I'm saying this because I talk a lot about intuition and how it speaks to us, how it's always guiding us. And that's why I want to bring this up that you said you found it. And it was just like, like I read a story one time about a woman who when she was she joined somebody in a dj booth and as soon as she said she put her fingers to the record she knew she knew that's what she was supposed to do it was like instant re-remembering so that was the same for you correct when you saw this article or speaker whatever it was you just knew this is what had been making you so Six, correct? Yeah, oh, definitely. I knew at that instant, although it was a little bit longer before I knew I'd wanted to pursue this as a career. But what's interesting is that when I was younger, my mother had made this um, interesting comment. She said, maybe what you are going to be doing hasn't been invented yet, <laughs> which I thought was no. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that might have been made, you know, in the 90s. I think she might have made that comment. <laughs> Because you started this when in like 2000 doing this like as consultations or correct? This, yeah, this is actually no a little bit more recent than that. This is my eighth year now. So that actually is compared to most people in this field that actually is, you know, fairly long. I know if people say someone said they've been doing it 30 years, they're lying. They've just made it up, you know, because <laughs> the field obviously hasn't been around that long. But yeah, I'm about to start my eighth year. And something else I want to touch on, uh, two things. One is that uh, we actually met, as you mentioned, we met at a, it was a raw food picnic. So you didn't have to obviously be eating raw. I know you and I are not 100% raw, but obviously the people going to these kind of events are obviously much more aware into health or eating non-processed yeah. foods. Let's put it that way. It doesn't necessarily mean like always uncooked foods, yeah. but do you remember how we met specifically not not necessarily at that event but do you remember how we met um i'm not no i maybe you'll have to fill me in because i know it was obviously at that event and that we were talking there um outside by the evanston beach but um... so we met because so i was invited to that event like literally i don't know 48 hours maybe a little less than that ellie invited me it was like hey if you're free and around maybe you want to go to this i was like i am let this is i i'm up for it i didn't know what it was about i had never been to the group before but i'm like i'm free to do yoga so i went i was in my yoga clothes i wore my sandals that resonate at the freak the soul resonates at the frequency you know 7.83 hertz of of mother earth and even though I had those on, I took them off because the grass was just so green and luscious and beautiful. And anytime I can go barefoot, that's what I'm going to do. And so I was sitting down on the grass with my bare feet, with my shoes off. And that's how you and I got to talking. Oh, okay. okay. And of course, like, I had my shoes off too. <laughs> yeah. Something like, oh, are you really sensitive? And that's actually, so yes, it was a group where... 
kind of like-minded souls, you know, aware of wellness, aware of their health, aware of what they're putting in their bodies. And it was because I had my shoes off. And then something else too, when we talked about, and we're going to talk about grounding mats and how, and why they're not on your list to recommend in just like a hot second. But the other thing too, is you had made a comment to me when we chatted about just how sensitive you are. So I just want to touch on that because I think some people, it's kind of like when you remove something, when you remove, say you cut a cord that you've had an energetic cord with somebody, anybody who's ever done that knows that you didn't, you feel it once it's removed and you feel so much lighter, but you didn't really know it was there until it was gone. So a lot, everyone's affected by EMFs. They're everywhere. They're on airplanes, you know, you go shopping, they're at a restaurant, whatever. Um, it's just a part of being here on, on this earth, um, yeah. spinning ball simulation, whatever it is you think we reside on, but um, just how sensitive you were that you can immediately feel the difference of things. And I want to kind of flip that on its head and talk about like how that's a gift because yeah. it enables you to do what you do, which is helping the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, you know, and so I should um, clarify a little bit more in terms of my sensitivity. I'm more sensitive in terms of um, sleeping environments than daytime environments. And so there actually are a lot of people who are more sensitive to me where they can figure they can feel stuff instantly in a room. Um, and so I wouldn't say that I mean, that's pretty rare that I could do that. But depending upon if I've slept somewhere, if there are EMFs there, I can definitely tell the difference with that. And so so, um, and one of the things I think that's a common misconception is when people are wondering about whether EMFs are affecting them and they're like, you know, I don't feel anything. They, they think that if EMFs are affecting you, that they're going to have like a stabbing head pain or vibration all over their body the second they pick up their cell phone. And actually that doesn't even, you know, happen to me, but, um, but for people for whom this is happening, they're thinking, oh, this is the phone. The phone is bad. I just need to remove the phone. And what they aren't realizing is that the reason that they are feeling their phone is that the place where they are sleeping or maybe possibly even their workplace, they are just getting such a massive overload of EMFs that they start to react to everything in their environment. And so if the, the way to... Um, uh, rectify this situation is not to just, you know, oh my gosh, I got to toss my phone in the garbage and I can never use my phone again and nobody's allowed near me who's talking on a phone. You have to put all your phone, you know, that's not really the way to go about this. The way to go about this is to have your home assessed, to have, to figure out how can we get everything in your sleeping environment in particular, first and foremost, and then also in your work environment. Um, as low as possible and then your body will better be able to withstand what is happening you know the rest of the time because you know most of us are not in the position to get up and off and go live somewhere in some remote place you know people like to work and support themselves and everything like that and so um so but yeah it's really the best approach is to get it so that your sleeping environment is low and so that your body can heal and repair and then you know um you can do you can go about your life a little bit better you know obviously i take a lot of precautions in my work environment but 
I'm, it's enough so that I can go to downtown Chicago. I know I've met a lot of people through my work who are like, oh my God, if I go to downtown Chicago, I can't get out of bed for, for three days. And, you know, I'll try to explain whether there's something in their home environment and that that needs to be rectified. No, 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 it's Chicago. It's bad. I can't go there, you know? And so, um, but a lot of these people, there are, there are things in their home that could be causing them to be so sensitive that they can't tolerate these like higher levels, whether it's standing in downtown Chicago or being near like a wireless microphone or something like that i love that thank you for saying that because sleep and then we're going to get into the products you do and do not recommend but sleep really is a beauty product good sleep is gold it is naturally when ideally your body rests and repairs and like empties all the garbage you know the glymphatic system from your brain and everything so if you are you are if you are not having good sleep of course, you're going to feel tired and irritated and the body's just going to be in constant, you know, inflammation or fight or flight mode and all that stuff. So I love that, that it's not we're, we can't really avoid them, so to speak. They're going to be there. But at least if we can create, as it says on your card, creating low EMF sleep sanctuaries, home offices and play areas. And I love that the sleep sanctuaries, because as a side note, I do know that studies have shown that the pineal gland will not make melatonin unless it's dark yeah. it picks up emfs it it the pineal gland thinks that emf is light so that's the question what if darkness never comes yeah so it's i think the goal is again not to be like oh my god i get me off this planet where are the aliens like beam me up <laughs> it's more about yeah creating this like sleep, you know, beautiful sleep, um, recovery, restore sleep sanctuary. So on that note, you have products I do not recommend. It is a long list, um, not overwhelming, just long, and we can't go over all of them, but, um, one of them you have on here is grounding mats. Why is that on your do not list? Do not use. So I want to first differentiate between the grounding mats and actual earthing where you, as we were both doing that day in Evanston, barefoot there on the earth. Now, barefoot on the earth is great. I totally recommend that unless it's close to big power lines or a substation or something like that. But, you know, nine times out of 10, if you are grounding somewhere like in a forest preserve, even, you know, in your yard often, um, that is certainly better than not grounding than not going outside at all. And sitting inside by your computer, you know, but so then in terms of the, um, the grounding mat, um, that, that actually is not the same thing because what you are doing is you are plugging, um, the mat either into the, um, grounding, you know, of your home or into a grounding rod out in the yard. And so it's, you know, technically a little bit different. And so if someone was doing this in Europe, um, where all of the electricity comes into your home on the hot and then leaves on the neutral, um, there wouldn't really be as much of a difference. But here, um, the way our electric grid is set up, that as much now as much as 70% of the electricity is going back to the substation through the ground. So think about that in terms of, okay, if you are plugging, you know, if you are plugging yourself into a ground rod in the yard or into um, the grounding electrode of your home I mean then you're and where there's even more there's lots of different voltages and you know current and dirty electricity all in your home 
then you know that really is not the same there are currents that are being induced you know there's there's a lot of different things kind of going on there and so while the um you know usually there is a um there's a meter included with the grounding mat that will show that your body voltage does go down and, and it, it does the problem is there are other types of fields that are actually going up and so those fields unfortunately only can be measured with a professional meter and so i'll tell people okay you know i can you know come over to your home and show you that your grounding mat is is getting worse and there's actually even a product now that you can um you can tune it a little bit so that way you can get the best ratio of you know uh, current to voltage but you know, in the end, that you know costs a lot more money than the grounding mat, and so a lot of people, I think, have purchased the grounding mat because that's pretty much the cheapest product. That's the first one people hear about. Oh, this this is cheap. This sounds good. And I I myself purchased it. You know, even before I'd heard of EMFs, I was you know I had heard about the grounding mat a little bit, and um and so yeah, a, a lot of people just like for me when I first um got one right away, I when I put my feet on it. I could feel like currents going through my body and I thought, gosh, this isn't right. And I like flipped through the book about the grounding mats and then toward the end in the appendix, it said in some unusually sensitive individuals there, you know, like you really shouldn't be grounding to the, um, the house. You should actually ground to the stake in the yard. And I had, you know, thought ahead. So I had the stake in the yard and then I reset it up that way. And um, after about 10 minutes, I felt like amazing. I was like, oh my God, this is so great. Wow. I feel so great, you know? And, um, and so then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to set it up for my bed and everything like that. And so I, you know, had this thing snaked out the window to the ground rod and everything. And I just could not sleep. I could feel the electricity again. I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll just do it during the day, you know? And, um, and so I, you know, had it set up. So I was grounding during the day. And actually during that time I was getting worse. I didn't really put it together right away. And then, um, it turned, then when I realized what had happened was that basically in the beginning, when I grounded the first, you know, I think it was, you know, like 10 minutes or so. And I felt so much better that all the voltage was draining off my body. Cause I don't think I had been barefoot on a beach probably in 10 years at that point. And, um, but then after that, the current was kind of, it was almost like I'd become an antenna. The current was moving through me to get to the ground. And so that was caused the problem. And so everyone's going to have a different reaction based on their home. So if someone lives really close to like a substation or power lines or something like that, there's going to be more, much more of a problem than say if someone's in a really good home. So I, ironically, the people who need the grounding mat the most, who are having the most problems are probably going to have the worst reaction to it. And those who are in good right. health. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true with a lot of things, I think with, you know, maybe even supplements, that sort of thing. So yeah, so that's, that was pretty much, you know, the experience that I had. And so really like when, and it doesn't change the levels on any of the other meters. And so I think that's also um, the one of the big misconceptions out there is that all of these products magically change, like get rid of EMFs or make everything go away. And most of them, they're only for one particular EMF. But then even though that EMF might get lower, some other EMF that could be worse for you is actually getting higher. And that one can really only be measured by a one or $2,000 meter, <laughs> ironically. So, and then interesting enough, you have on here, and this surprised me, uh, the EMF blocking paint. Why is that on your list? 
Well, and so with the EMF blocking paint, again, um, there's a couple of misconceptions. People think it can be used to block anything. And so people will start painting if there are power lines outside and it does not do anything for those. Um, and so the paint is only for radio frequency. And so that would be cell phone towers or maybe if there's a Wi-Fi router on the other side of the wall, that sort of thing. And so it does block that very well. Um, the problem is, is that a lot of people um, actually feel worse with the paint. And in fact, I even heard of a situation where someone had two rooms painted and they one room they felt much better. And then in another room, they just could not even go in the room. And so in terms of when people are looking for recommendations, um, I'm just very much cautious because I don't want to tell someone to paint. How am I going to know if when they paint, they're going to end up like they can't go in the room at all? You know, and then what's going to happen? Like, am I going to be liable that I've recommended this paint and then the person has felt worse, you know? Um, and then because it's very expensive to scrape the paint off and to start over um, and then do other types of shielding. And so um, and the, the reason for this as for why there are issues with the paint is that the paint is conductive. And so um, basically when you have something conductive, you um, have a choice. You can either ground it or not ground it. And so if you don't ground it, then actually electric fields can build up on the paint itself and electric fields are what we were trying to get rid of with the grounding mat, but you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but then if you do ground it, then the electric fields go down. But then again, you have this issue of current increasing and depending how close it is to you, um, if you're closer, it's going to be worse. The current's going through you and, and people actually feeling worse with the paint. And so I just to get, it's kind of like a catch 22 then, you ground it or you don't ground it. So my way around that is recommending non-conductive materials for shielding. Um, and then, you know, and that can be tricky as well because that's not something you can just sell over the internet. You really like for the best results, you would want to be testing someone's home to make sure the other types of EMFs are low enough for these non-conductive materials to work. Because with the paint, people are like, oh, it's okay if the electric fields are high, we'll just ground it, that will get rid of it, not realizing there's going to be other types of fields going up. So yeah, with shielding um, and mitigation, it's a very complex topic. Um, and so, and unfortunately, like our society really has been moving more towards product um, based things as opposed to information. Like I know when I first heard about EMFs in 2012 or when I first realized that they were, you know, such mm -hmm. a major issue, um, there wasn't that much misinformation out there. Like I said, I bought the grounding mat. I bought a few other things and I figured things out on my own pretty quickly just because I'm so sensitive. Um, and I know when I did the building biology training, a lot of other people, when we were there, we'd all had those same experiences. Um, but now there's so many products out there. I mean, it's just like layered higher and higher. So the average person looking at stuff, they don't even know that there's consultants, you know, they're just, they're just overwhelmed with products. And, and I think also once um, the lockdown hit, people just got so used to ordering stuff up on the internet or talking to someone on the phone and not, you know, the whole process of having someone come into your home. That was another thing that our society kind of shifted to. Right, right. And I, I still want to go over some of the things I know people might be listening now and think, oh, shit, you know, I have these things or how do I, okay, this is getting a little doom and gloom. But I do also still want to address some of them before we talk about the things that you, that people can do outside of them taking the next step, which is hiring you or hiring uh, a consultant. But something a lot of people don't talk about is 
I want to talk about electric cars. This has always, for me, intuitively been, I remember I went on a date with a guy one time and a lot of people know, I know more, again, more than the average person. I'm not an expert in this idea. I just know. And so they'll say, what's your thought on this? What's your thought on this? So he was asking me on the date. He was like, what do you think of this? And what do you think of this supplement? And he was like, what do you think of electric cars? And I'm like, yeah, it's a no. I'm like, anything like a sauna, like you're sitting in a microwave. And I see a ton of electric cars now, a ton. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, with electric cars, there's a couple of different issues. Um, First of all, they, you know, do need to be charged for a long period of time. And so a lot of people are charging them uh, like on their property while they're sleeping. And so that is creating these um, dirty electricity, these high frequency transients, not just there in the garage, but it actually is going to be going all over the wiring of your home unless you had done so taken some extreme right. measures. not not to have that happen um and then also some of them particularly the higher end ones they've got you know the motherboard it's talking there's a lot of radio frequency coming out of the car as well and so if that's you know if the garage is close to your bedroom that's actually even going to be another source that's going on because the car is never fully off you know like a lot of other cars um especially if if it's charging and everything like that and then you know some of my um so my colleagues have actually gone out on test drives within people's Teslas. And I think actually I've had one or two myself. Um, mm-hmm. And they were like, oh my God, I felt so ill in the Tesla. <laughs> you know, like I, I just, you know, like they just, you know, didn't consider themselves that sensitive. So, you know, that there's that whole layer as well. Like if someone wants a car like that and just wants to maybe tool around town in it, use it to show up at the party, I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. But if someone was going to be a Tesla (laughs) driver, you know, that would obviously be a big problem. You know, if you're in your car 15 hours a week, if you're working a sales job or something like that, or if you've got a long commute, that's just a huge, huge like layer of exposure. That's a good way to put it. A huge layer of exposure. I love that. Um, so then also, and this is for me, this popped out at me on your list, the metal, like the Faraday cages or the silver canopies. Why is that a no? And so that's very much um, similar to the paint. I just listed those separately because I, I think people don't really realize that. But it's the same concept where you're trying to block the radio frequency. And again, like people, some people aren't realizing they're thinking that's blocking the power lines and all the other types of fields. But it's really just mm-hmm. for radio frequency. Um, but yeah, it, it's really the same issue. Whereas if you have, you know, this, you build this feral metal Faraday cage, and actually that's pretty cheap. You can get metal pretty cheap. So a lot of people are just wanting to do that because they know these canopies are very expensive. The bed canopies that, that I recommend right. just because they're the way they're constructed, you have all these little bits of metal and then they are encased in cotton. So the metal is what's blocking, but then the cotton keeps it become, from becoming conductive. So if you don't have that and you just have metal, just like with the paint, it will block radio frequency. But if you don't ground it, you're going to have an electric field. And if you do ground it, then you're going to have some contact current. And really those two fields, a lot of people actually are more sensitive. Um, they tend to pick up more health issues if there's high magnetic and electric versus radio frequency um, if they're not yet sensitive. you know. And then some people really with the... Um, high currents that can be, you know, ionizing radiation can cause a lot of health problems as well. And so, yeah, that's just pretty much why I'm not recommending those for, for the shielding. 
Got it. Okay. And so now let's, again, there's still like two others on the list, but I want to get into, I don't want to, like I said, I want to keep it, like I said, we've turned the ship around. Now we just got to just in everything, humanity, consciousness, all this stuff, but I want to make sure we keep our eye on the prize and where we're going um, and not get not get kind of woe is me and well all this you know how can I how what can I do so what are some of the things you recommend that we can do okay well so the first thing is that the biggest source for everyone is the cell phone it's just super super powerful um I know you have so many people where they're like oh my god there's this cell tower two blocks away we've got to get it taken down or there's this there's that, you know, and then I'm like, have, and they'll have a meter and they've measured out in their yard, you know, that it's 200 or whatever. And I say, have you taken the meter to your cell phone or to your kid's iPad? Have you measured that? Well, no, I haven't. And of course that's, you know, like a hundred thousand or, you know, it's just so right. much higher than, than the cell phone tower two blocks away. And so that source, and of course, like I said, we, um, you know, we, we still need to live our lives, you know, and we need to, you know, have cell phones to use, just use them very much less. You know, I'm, I'm all about safe use of technology and minimizing the harmful effects. Um, and that's actually why a lot of families do call me to set up, um, you know, a safer technology for their for their children, because the children today are being exposed to so much more than we were, you know, when we were their age, mm -hmm. there's just so many more illnesses, you know, and the gene pool obviously has not changed that much in one generation. Um, and so, yeah, in terms of the cell phone, just the simple things to do, um, a lot of it, you can actually turn off, like you do not need to have the Wi-Fi on your cell phone on all the time. So if you just go to the settings menu and not from the swipe up, you actually have to go to the settings menu and then where you see Wi-Fi there, just move it from on over to off because we've gone so far astray in our society. People don't even realize that you can't, you can make a cell phone call without the Wi-Fi on, you know, and, um, and when the Wi-Fi is on, it's pinging constantly, you know, whereas if you turn the Wi-Fi off, you're only then being exposed when you're actually making the call. Not you're not having this level of this Wi-Fi coming out of your phone all of the time. And the same for Bluetooth. Just go over to the menu, the settings menu. Go to Bluetooth, and then take it from on over to off. Because we really like do not need Bluetooth. Some people might want to use it in their car, you know, just for safety reasons to give them directions. But it doesn't need to be on all day long, like pinging you when you're not even using it for anything. Thing, you know mm -hmm. and um and then also make sure the hot spot is off that's another layer um and then getting down into the nitty-gritty you can turn off like and you can go into privacy settings and turn off location data or find my phone um and then for cellular data a lot of the time you're just sitting there waiting for a phone call so you can actually go to the cellular data menu and turn that off as well um and so when the cellular data is off you won't be able to you know go on the internet or anything like that but if you're someone like me where you're running a business or maybe you have children or people that are trying to reach you you can still have your phone waiting like for a call or for a text but then you actually, you know, you don't need to have all this other stuff coming out at you. And then also, I'm sure you probably have gathered by now, you don't want to have your phone on your body, um, definitely at least three feet away. Um, and if it's not an airplane mode, even if it's just waiting for a call, it still does kind of ping out much less than with the other menus. So I actually have mine 
all the way at the other end of the room. I've got some shielding in between me and the phone. I mean, I knew I take a little bit further than most people. Um, but yeah, so that's a way where then, you know, and then if someone calls me, I can call them back like from a hardwired computer, from a landline, and then I don't need to expose myself to that as well. And of course, when I'm out, I can use it, you know, just briefly to check directions, check emails, but then really like the majority, you know, 98% of my use of the internet where I'm going to be, you know, on Facebook or Google or any sort of apps, I can do that back at home on a hardwired computer, or you can actually hardwire the phone, you know, but you have to be in your home. So, yeah. Right. Okay. And then, um, so just to clarify, this is selfishly for me, but the cellular data off, you can still receive a call or you cannot receive a call if that's off. Yeah. So if the data is off, you can still receive a call. It's just that you then put it in airplane mode, then you won't be able to receive a call. Right. That part I do know. Okay. Cause I do actually, when I go out to the park, if if I go out for a hike, I leave my phone in the car. Um, If I go out to the park, I leave my phone at home. Like I'm just, I'm out like peace out. I'm disappearing into the woods as much as I can. But um, so I think, um, that's interesting and it's also try not to be so attached to our phone like I don't get any notifications so if somebody comments on an Instagram post of mine I have no idea if I get an email I have no idea the only way my phone pings is if I get a text or obviously a phone call that's it so I think unwiring from like you know the sympathetic dominance where we're always on and we always have to be connected it's okay just to be you know why do we have to respond even to a text message the same day <laughs> right yeah so when the cellular data is off you don't get all of those pings you basically just get the phone calls and actually for a while i was not i was having an issue with my texts but it turned out i needed to turn off the i message or something and then then since then i haven't had an issue i've been able to get so i can actually get texts um but not all of those things from the apps yeah. And I don't get any notifications just in general. Like I don't need it to, I've, my settings are that, but I love just those simple tips. And so this is all, as I want to remind myself and others that, you know, this is, let's not beat ourselves up that we have a cell phone or that we live wherever in a city and it's very dense wherever. These are just, we learn as we go, you know, we're unlearning, we're re-remembering. And so let's not freak out. Let's just, it's a, it's, we don't get to this journey overnight. We don't get to it in a week. It's an unwinding and it's a process and it's a journey. So let's not freak out. So um, something else you mentioned, um, something like, is there a router protector or cage or something? Or is that a do or a don't or? Yeah. Um, so with the router, um, ideally you want to have it so that the Wi-Fi is off and you are hardwired. Um, and so then that, and we're just basically going back to how we did things 15 years ago. And it's funny because obviously my younger clients wouldn't really remember that, but people that are my age, they're like, no, 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 I have to have Wi-Fi. I have to get on the internet. And it's like, we as a society, we've forgotten. I'm like, don't you remember 15 years ago, how you got on the internet with the hardwired? Like, no, I don't remember, you know? And so, um, so yeah, that's really the way I recommend. Um, now it's, if you're single or if you're in a small, place it's really easy to do you know the problem is a lot of my clients they live in larger homes they have a lot of children and so for that unfortunately you really do need to have the whole home hardwired which is you know which can be an expensive process of course to open up the walls and have you know a a low voltage contractor come in and you know install ethernet
internet jacks in all the rooms, but that's really the only way to get everything off. But so for a lot of people, especially if maybe their husband isn't on board and wants to still keep using Wi-Fi, um, there is a lower um, EMF router that only outputs on demand. Um, and then, and actually, and even if someone doesn't want to purchase that router, and I guess you'll be putting the links later on um, in the chat, um, but you can just put a router um, guard over your current router. And so that brings down the levels for anyone who isn't using the device. So like any really young children, any pets, that sort of thing, their exposure is going to be cut. Now, if you are on your computer still using, you know, Wi-Fi or something like that, you're still going to be getting the exposure because even though the router is now 90% less, what is coming out of your phone or your laptop to talk all the way back to the router also is you know now still zapping you just as much as it was before and so you can kind of have a you know a combination where you've got the guard over the router and then if say um you are the one who doesn't want to use wi-fi you can put your um, laptop in airplane mode and you can connect you can string an ethernet over to the router and just not be sitting too close to it so then at least your levels will have gone down and then say if your husband or your children if they still want to be using wi-fi then at least you've cut your exposure because not everyone you know lives alone a lot of people are you know the other family members really don't aren't really on board so um so yeah in terms of that that's really a good way to get everything down um and there's different you know that's why it, um, it's good to have someone to come over and you know consult because it depends a lot of this also depends on who your provider is and then you know there's a lot of different things that can kind of go into the whole process of what different choices you are making but basically the router um, that really is one of the biggest sources in the home and although you know I've had a lot of clients who already they are hardwired and they're still having symptoms and so that's where it really is the most helpful to figure out what else is going on in your home because I've had um, people approach me like oh I, I think I want to renovate my kitchen or I want to you know like hardwire the home and what I say to them is before you invest any money in major projects like those um, we should really test the background levels of your home because there could be some problem in your home that really cannot be fixed and then you know I've had clients where they were like oh shoot I should have had you first because then we could have just moved now they spent all this money renovating their basement or their kitchen and now they don't have the money left to move because they were in this like you know you know, two or five percent of homes where there was just this unusual problem that could be fixed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah, I love that. So a, a router guard is, I think, very palatable, you know, for people to get to wrap their brain around. Um, I still my my computer has never run on Wi-Fi. It's always been I've always plugged it in. I do need to get an adapter for my phone because that's just an easy thing I could do, it's, you know, with, yeah. when I need to hop on my phone. Um, so anything else that would be a, a quick um, uh, thing we can do or have access to? Um, let's see. Gosh, I'm trying to think of what some of the other things are that people really like. Um, if not, that's okay. I, these, yeah. are really good, these are really good ones to get started. Yeah, because, um, no, everyone, no, everyone is, is so different. You know, I, I think the uh, other question, yeah, like, so every home is different. So I'm going to be having different recommendations. Those are more my basic, like for the phone and for the router. But the other thing I've noticed um, I've come up against is a lot of my clients, they are, you know, very much overall health conscious. And so they had gone out and they had bought the low 
what they thought was a low EMF sauna, or they bought an air purifier, or they were, you know, getting red light therapy, that sort of thing. And um, thinking they were, you know, maybe their doctor recommended it, or they were the one who was interested. And then they've spent all these thousands of dollars, and it's not, it's mm. not low EMF. And so that's something that I, um, I, I guess I can put the links there um, for ones that actually are low EMF, especially a lot of women. I know their husbands are like, you know, they're like, my husband's not on board. And, you know, I want to do something healthy for the family. And so then, you know, okay, well, maybe we'll get like an air purifier, we'll get a sauna, we'll get this red light therapy, and we'll get one that's low EMF, because that that won't be, you know, too threatening to someone who's like, no, no, I don't want to do anything with EMF. So we'll just buy, you know, one of those other things. But it's, it's important, because you don't, like I said, you don't want to spend all this money on something that then it's, it's emitting terrible EMFs, you know, <laughs> which you that's one of the things on your do not recommend is reverse osmosis or alkaline water machines. And that surprised yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. And so that's another one, even though that's different, it's not for EMF reasons. But again, so many clients of mine, they have reverse osmosis water systems, and a lot of them are having health problems. And I personally um, had noticed my health going, I didn't realize what was happening. Um, and I was doing reverse osmosis. And then once I sort of came into the awareness that it was not a good thing and I switched, I instantly felt better. And I've seen this over and over again with a lot of clients um, because the water, it's kind of a, it's like a hungry water. Like there's, it's devoid of all the minerals and everything like that, but, and it's also not a natural process, like distilled, at least you have, you know, evaporate, you know, it boiled it and then evaporate it down. And then the reverse osmosis water, something about it being forced through the plastic membrane and just even like the energy of the water. And I know there was someone I was following who had said, it doesn't matter like what you've done to it. If you've added stuff back in, or if you've prayed over it, somehow the water has been changed and been damaged in ways that we just, you know, do not understand. Um, and, um, and that's just, you know, something that I have noticed. And so I know a lot of people when they are trying to buy, um, you know, water filtration systems, that's definitely like not one that I recommend. Well, and this is kind of what I want to end on two things. One thing about that is, like I said, this can all be overwhelming, especially if you feel like, oh, I have the home harmonizers, I have the grounding matter, I have this, or, oh my gosh, I don't have a router cover, you know, <laughs> people are freaking out. Uh, and I can feel that myself. But I personally, I remember getting into health and wellness stuff many years ago, and I started with reverse osmosis water, RO water. And then it was, I don't know, just like a few months, like maybe three months and information came my way that it wasn't the best because it was sent through so many plastic filters and same thing that it was kind of like devoid of anything. No, no minerals, none of that. And so I stopped. So then I switched. To, I don't remember what I switched to at that time. What I'm saying is, you know, look at how long we've gone and what we've done to our bodies and they're still here. Maybe, yes, we have a lot of pain or inflammation, but meaning our body loves us. It's here for us. It's always trying to right the ship. Sometimes I find it's better. I just keep going with stuff and information comes my way like, okay, well, maybe this isn't the best. Maybe you should not be doing RO water. So it's it's a learning process. Here I am learning, you know, re-remembering that you can do this with your you know, router, you could do this with the grounding mats, you can do this or whatever. So we learned there isn't just one type of EMF, there's four. And to um, end on that as well, um, crystals, it doesn't really sound like you recommend a lot of people run to certain crystals. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, so for that, I think the biggest issue is that people, it's almost like it's given people permission to be like, okay, I'm protected. I'm going to not only continue to use my phone and my Wi-Fi, I'm going to actually use it more, you know? And so a lot of people, that's really what I see happening is that they're, you know, just this crazy use, usage because they're like, oh, someone muscle tested me and they show that the crystal was strong or this or that or the other. And, you know, unfortunately, that is just what I've been seeing more and more. And so we really like in the building biology field, we are wanting to do reduce usage, you you know, we're trying to reduce, we're trying to like move further away, we're trying to do all these different types of special mitigations. Some of them, like I'm giving people um, instructions for like what an electrician could do or what they could, you know, discuss with ComEd or a plumber or, you know, there's so many different things or what they could buy. You know, like I said, every home has different solutions. Um, but you really want to be getting all of those things that I'm suggesting are causing are leading to lower levels either in magnetic fields or electric fields or radio frequency or dirty electricity. And so the, then your levels are lower. And so some of these different crystal products, I mean, there's a few where maybe someone might feel an initial improvement, but then long-term, and I've seen this over and over again, people, people are getting worse, you know? Um, and so like, I think there was even a study where they had some chickens with some harmonizers. And I think it was on Dr. Klinghart's um, YouTube or something. And it showed initially the chickens were like happier and like moving around and more energized, but then they died faster, you know? And so I think that's kind of a, a, a definitely like a, a metaphor because you can also say, well, you know, it can't be placebo then, right? Because the chickens, they, they aren't going to be subject to the placebo effect. Like something was actually happening, you know, um, in, in that study. And so, so yeah, I mean, so that's really like, you really want to be reducing usage and, you know, really getting like the numbers down because the, the numbers on all my meters, nothing changes if someone's using like a crystal or any sort of harmonizer or pendant or anything like that. And the people making those products, they, you know, they now, they do admit that they're like, this is working on a different level. And yeah. I don't know that it may very well be, but the problem is you want to get this other level down, you know? I mean, I've seen the same with supplements as well. People are like, Oh, my magnesium's low. I'm going to take more magnesium. Well, magnesium is one of the three like um, things that actually is like most depleted by EMFs. I believe it's magnesium, iodine, and vitamin D. And so, well, yes, that's a good idea if your levels are low, you know, to have the levels checked. And but then people just think it's okay to take the magnesium, not realizing that the EMFs are affecting you in so many different levels. So it's almost like this warning sign that your magnesium is low. It's still affecting your DNA, your hormones, um, all these other different things. And so you really want to get the levels down, not just take magnesium, not just have this like pendant or something like that. That's so interesting. I, I could take that so far with the magnesium and iodine that has, but I, but I won't because I don't want to overwhelm people. But this is what I really wanted to end it on, not the crystal. For some reason, I had lost my train of thought and the crystal was in my notes to ask about that. But I like what you said when I asked you about the crystal and other things. You said it's not about exactly, we find that sometimes people use things more because they feel like, oh, well, now I have shungite or I have this or I have that. But uh, it's all about same thing, like getting back to, as you said, hardwiring, whereas a lot of people, teenagers or whatever may not know about that. It's all about getting back really 
to how things used to be. Meaning, okay, so we're in a city, we're not really going to get rid of dirty electricity and other things, but less use of phone time. We don't need to know when somebody makes a comment on Instagram or Facebook, or you get an email. You always need to have your phone on. You can put it on, yeah, airplane mode. Um, we can hardwire, you know, having Ethernet and have your computer plugged in. I don't really get why people are on Wi-Fi. You can, you don't walk around with your computer. <laughs> you right. stand there at a standing desk. You still sit there, like just have it plugged in. You don't move the computer more than, I don't know, three inches at a time. And then, um, and all of this, so getting, like, even I remember many years ago learning about castor oil packs and for it to work the castor oil or the part that you're applying it to on the body has to be warm. Yeah. I was learning about it from it online was always very thorough with all her stuff to this day. I follow her for all sorts of things like the tea that she uses. I'm not a big tea drinker, but the tea that she uses is the only one triple tested for heavy metals and mold. It's, and it doesn't come in a bag. So you don't get microplastics. You don't get glue. Even if the bag is made from unbleached parchment paper, like it's just you open up the packet and dump it in. It's peak tea, P-I-Q-U-E. If anybody wants that tea. Uh, so she's always very thorough, but she made a comment with the castor oil pack. She said, oh, and this was many, many years ago you know it has to be warm so just take a hot water bottle yeah and wrap and use that she said which will be less i don't think she said ems i think maybe she just said electricity at the time than a heating pad because ideally when we do a castor oil pack it's supposed to be done overnight of course you can just do it for just an hour or two it's fine but even just an hour sitting there so getting back to hot water bottles i mean old school hot water bottle you know where you boil the water and and pour it in so getting back to getting outside leaving your phone at home taking off that fitness checker the earbuds you don't need to talk on the phone all the time in your car maybe you just I don't know have the window open or have the the radio on doesn't need to play your playlist so it's all about getting back to or to yourself, getting back to nature. We are nature in human form. It's all about barefoot, less being on the phone, less being on the internet. So I love that you said that. It's about just being mindful of our use and unwinding from that, literally, figuratively, mentally, spiritually, all of it. Yeah, people are just being slammed with all these ads on Facebook for this miracle, you know, heating mat for like $2,000 and, you know, and hey, you could use a water bottle and then you're not exposing yourself and you're still there in your high EMF home and now you've added in a mat, you know, instead of figuring out what's there and having that removed, you know, I mean, a lot of my clients, I'm actually saving them a lot of money because they've bought up hundreds or even more of products it's all sitting there and then i have them they send it all back you know they're all of a sudden now they're getting all this money back you know but most people they've already had the products more than 30 days so yeah so it's all about getting back outside i'm sorry but getting back outside nature which is the divine feminine in all of us nature intuition allowing receiving you know flow creativity all of this so um it's one step at a time it's not going to happen like i said overnight or within a week but um i am definitely obviously going to include your information for those in chicago um chicagoland area i assume you'll let them know if you can visit their their home if they're too far out of where you, yeah. where you go to and you're going to um recommend the products for us i will send people to your website as well because i know you have 
some interesting, you have products listed there. You have other tips. Uh, anything else you want to say uh, or that I'm missing before we um, wrap things up? Oh, and I um, travel pretty much within about three hours of Chicago. So um, a lot of Wisconsin and then Northwest Indiana. And I actually am also available. I do virtual consults as well. Um, a lot of times for people who are trying to find a new place to live. And I can, because some people, they just live in a remote area. There's not a consultant near them. Um, you know, and so I do um, virtual consults for for. Um, a lot of different situations too. So. Which is interesting. I do want to say that. So that's really good to know because you said on your website that it's different. Like the electricity in, is different in Chicago versus, you know, when I move out of Illinois, I don't, I don't know if I could have you, you know, in Ohio and consult with me, but it's, so that's something to take into account. Correct. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I work with clients remotely so I can, you know, obviously you're not going to go out and get $20,000 worth of meters, but I can pick a few select meters I think would be helpful in your search for another place. Um, and then a lot of times people just have questions because even in the meters, they've got the wrong, um, listings like they'll say this level is safe and it's not you know or like the um lights will be lit up like green is safe and it, it really isn't you know so a lot of people they just aren't really like um operating with all the information when they're just you know trying to do a do-it-yourself approach and so um so yeah i can definitely you know i, I work with a lot of clients that way remotely because again you know there aren't emf consultants in kentucky or arkansas or you know, <laughs> montana or and then some people maybe they're concerned about having someone come to their home or they just want to dip their toe in the water. But generally if someone, you know, has someone near them and can afford it, it really does make sense to have somebody, you know, visit your home. Cause that's, there's really no way to get that information. You know, yeah. like the, if someone's very, particularly if someone's very sensitive, you know, most, a lot of my clients, um, they're in pretty good health. They just want basic tips. But if someone's been, like, you know, had health problems for years, definitely you would need to have someone come in and really like give your house a deep, like investigation. Right. Exactly. Well, I would love to have you on for much longer, but I want this to be palatable and digestible for, for everyone. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sticking with this industry and doing what you do. I know as you said, a lot of people have kind of left and done other things because, um, it's something we all need to to know about and and like i said unwind from so thank you thank you for showing up mika in many ways and thank you so much for having me yes pleasure okay thank you okay talk as always i hope you found that helpful and inspiring and full of tips that you can use. Now, something I want to mention that Mika and I did not talk about in the episode is that remember things, even though they're not on, such as a lamp, even if it's plugged in, it's still emitting EMFs. Now, I remember first learning about earthing and grounding several years ago and realizing that the lamps next to my bed, even though they're off while I sleep, they're still plugged in and therefore emitting levels of EMFs that I probably don't want. And remember, the other kind of big nugget from this, I think, outside of getting back to more nature and mother nature and getting outside and being mindful of our use of all these electronics is creating 
these low EMF sleep sanctuaries, these spaces where our body can heal and rest and repair so that as we're going about our day, which may be very high levels of EMFs, that we don't feel so agitated and foggy and irritable because those EMFs and those levels are just are going to be there. And so remember that anything plugged in, even though it's not on, is going to be emitting EMFs. So the lamps next to my bed, they are still there, kind of there for aesthetics, and (laughs) I just never got rid of them, but they are not plugged in. Now things like actually I unplug my router every night, and I've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe five years, five, six years, and I plug it back in every AM and it works just fine. My internet and all that stuff, TV, all of that. So I unplug and plug it in every day. So that's something you could do. I will be getting a router cover, of course, or the thing that Mika mentioned, but I do unplug it every day, um, every, every evening. And then obviously things like my refrigerator, it's emitting EMFs, but I'm not going to unplug that. So just something to keep in mind, like I have um, essential oil diffuser next to my bed. It's unplugged. I unplug it every night. In the AM, I plug it in because I like to, I think it refreshes the room and I change the essential oils kind of with the season or my mood, but it is unplugged. So even if you have like an air purifier in your bedroom and you need it to sleep or you need it for, again, for the evening, maybe not use an outlet right next to your bed or right behind the headboard. Again, all those things, whether on or not, plugged in are going to be emitting EMFs. Something else Mika mentioned to me in a conversation we had prior was, she said, oh, you're in a high rise. She said, you know, of course, people think that this is the worst of the worst because yes, I'm surrounded by a lot of people. But she said, actually, high rises are better sometimes, she said, because they're wired correctly. Versus somebody who's in a home or an older home can be a lot worse. Now, this is something good for me because I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be moving deep into nature as pretty much a cabin is the woods as I can get. And so now this is something I'm going to definitely be aware of. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit to share. And to end kind of going back to some of the things I brought up about raw food, I think it's interesting, of course, that Meek and I met at this event, a raw food event here in Chicago, but also she mentioned to me after the podcast that she had changed her diet, and I don't really like that word, but I'll just use it for now for because I don't know what else to use, but she changed what she was eating. Her eating was very clean, and again, nothing processed, and she told me this was many years ago and she knew that she was feeling better. She hadn't linked the two, but she did realize that when her diet changed and she was eating so clean and lowered the EMF levels, she noticed that her sleep is now like six hours or less a night, that she needed much less sleep. And two things popped out at me. One is I do have a friend who I know goes to bed very early, like 9 p.m., which I think is great. I would love to do that myself. But she needs almost like 10 hours of sleep. And I remember thinking, just intuitively knowing like, oh, there's something there. That's not good. Like there's something off. My spidey sense is tingling with that. So I thought that was interesting 
Mika said when her when her what she was eating improved and the EMF levels dropped, she found she had more energy and needed less sleep. Because the body isn't, remember, so bombarded with stuff, so we don't need as much time to repair and restore and regenerate. Now, this also goes back to, I have this beautiful book. It's almost like a coffee table book, but it is more than that because it has recipes on each page. It's called Raw. It's by Charlie Trotter and Roxanne Klein. Charlie Trotter is another reference to Chicago. He was a very well-known chef here in Chicago. He's now deceased, but... This is, book is is older, but it in the intro section, and it's all filled with beautiful, beautiful art on a plate, raw dishes and recipes, desserts, appetizers, Italian food, French, Vietnamese, all sorts of um, different flavor palettes. But it talks about the Roxanne Klein, the other author. She's talking about how when they transitioned to eating raw, she said that at the end of the month we felt healthier we had ever had in the past. We were sleeping two hours less each night and our energy level was the best it had been in our lives. And so we know that heating, eating raw is food that is not heated or cooked over 118 degrees. But what's interesting here, like I said, the body doesn't need as much of its own energy, digestive fire or enzymes to break things down. Why? Because nature makes everything whether it's an apple to things like, um, I'm going to say actually like whale blubber or, or a, sea, a seal blubber. Why? Because Eskimo means one who eats raw. So going back to what I said where nature makes everything, whether it's an apple to sea blubber to raw whale, it makes everything, whether it's flesh, fruit, or vegetable, with the enzymes that thing needs to be broken down completely. Now, the, the problem, quote unquote, our issue is that cooking foods above 118 degrees destroys their natural enzymes, forcing our bodies to generate the enzymes necessary, necessary to digest them. Two main problems occur with this. First, your body cannot produce enzymes in perfect combinations to metabolize your foods as completely as a food enzyme created by nature. This results in partially digested fats, proteins, and starches that can clog your body's intestinal tract and arteries. So going back to Eskimo, which means one who eats raw, says here in the book, while living for centuries on a diet that consists primarily of raw whale or sea blubber, Eskimos develop no hardening of the arteries and experience almost no incidence of heart disease, stroke, or high blood pressure. And yes, of course, you could say that they have very low levels of EMF, but I wouldn't think that they're one who are moving around or exercising. All the things we think are these pillars of health. They're eating Raw, Eskimo means one who eats raw. Even blubber will digest itself completely if it is not cooked since its enzymes are intact. Again, the power of nature. Forget raw food for a second. The power of nature. She encapsulates, everything is encapsulated with the proper enzymes it needs to be properly 100% broken down, 
cooked food removes those enzymes, we have to produce and create our own. And we've all heard of digestive enzymes. I do take them from time to time when I'm eating certain things. And unfortunately, cooked food is leaving these partially digested fats, proteins, and starches. And Mika and I met at a raw food event. So there is power in what we're putting in our body, what is what is coming at our body. All of these things are pillars of wellness, not just diet and exercise, for us to re-remember. I, as always, I don't want to overwhelm us, but I just want to point out it's more than diet and exercise. We do need body work. So whether that's fascia, lymphatic release, cupping, rolfing, we do need some sort of physical manipulation of the body. It's important what we are ingesting, whether that's raw food or something else. It's important that we're not eating processed crap. Our EMF levels and exposure, you know, community and connection. Usually one of the five pillars of, of health in Taoism is heliotherapy, looking at the sun. Acupuncture is another um, is another pillar, one of the five pillars of health of Taoism. I always add in two more. I always added grounding or earthing and some form of cleansing. If we reduce the toxins that our body is holding on to, of course, that's going to help immensely with reducing inflammation, fogginess, grogginess, sleep, skin issues, all of that. So something to consider when we're thinking about wellness and areas we can address we only need to address one at the time. Not all of them will get overwhelmed. The body can only handle so much. But do note that there is a correlation to what we are, what we are eating, we're putting in our body, and nature makes it perfectly so. All right, I think we are probably maxed out on information for today. I have listed Mika's uh, contact information and, of course, products she recommends in the description of this podcast. More is found on her website, so please do check that out. If you want to connect with me, my website is lifting-the-veil.com. Remember, if it doesn't have the dashes, it kind of looks like lifting the evil which is a little bit of what it is. And do let me know what topics you'd like to see. I do have some fun and different ones coming up, but I'm always open to suggestions or questions you might have. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple, if you can give it as many stars as you can, that always helps. And of course, share this episode. Share this episode with somebody who may find it helpful. There's a lot to take in and a lot that um, we need to learn and re-remember. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon.